This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is a great time of year for hockey fans. I mean, I'm enjoying every second of it right now because the trade deadline is over. The rosters are practically set. And now we just get to sit back, watch hockey, and look at the standings as they completely baffle us on a night-to-night basis. The Eastern Conference, obviously... All eight teams are basically set. Like, and they have been since since the turn of the new year. Let's be completely honest. There was a little while where the Detroit Red Wings were in that playoff spot. But the second they relinquished it to the Boston Bruins, that was it. And it has been since that point. So we know the eight teams in the East. But I mean, look at the Eastern Conference playoffs as of today. And the Boston Bruins are in the third seed in the Atlantic. Tampa Bay, the back-to-back Stanley Cup champion, they're the wild card. So if the playoffs started today, the the first-round matchup, I should say, would be the Carolina Hurricanes and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Don't you just love hockey? Now, that's probably not what it's going to end up being. Tampa Bay does have a game in hand, but that's that's just a sample size of where we're at in the season right now. Absolute pandemonium in the standings. And one team that is sitting in a position that you would not have expected on March 15th to be sitting in is the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, Monday, sorry, Tuesday, I should say, when we had a return episode, I told you about the Evgeny Dadanov situation that the Vegas Golden Knights got into with their own doing. And at that point, the investigation was underway and there had not been an outcome. Well, there is an outcome now, if you didn't already see. Evgeny Dadanov was sent back to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Of course, I mean, it, it felt like the second it came out that Vegas breached contract and didn't go along with the guidelines of his modified no trade clause, which is in his legal contract, you kind of figured that this was the outcome that was coming. You kind of figured that the NHL was going to be like, ah, you know, that's all right. Mistakes happen. They made the NHL look stupid. They were not going to let them get away with it. Let's be completely honest here. So the outcome of the entire Evgeny Dadanov situation, not only does the league reverse the entire trade, so all pieces go back to where they are, Dadanov has to go back to the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Ryan Kessler in the funniest portion of all of this, of course, Ryan Kessler due to injuries, due to age, has not played hockey in multiple seasons. His contract was sent to Vegas in that trade, sent back to Anaheim, which is not an insignificant thing for him. Clearly, it doesn't matter too, too much because this is the last year of that contract and then it'll be null and void. It'll be gone and Ryan Kessler will be, you know, no more cap friendly for Ryan Kessler. But at the same time, shifting his contract from the Ducks to the Knights 
would have shifted his state tax situation from California, which is pretty damn high, to Nevada, which there is no state tax. So if you look at it like at Ryan Kessler, he's saying, well, I could have got a couple more bucks there. Not that he's hurting for cash. He's Ryan freaking Kessler. But it's always a little, it stings a little bit when you lose out on some money. It's, it, the same thing happens when you go to show sponsor DraftKings and use THPN. If you don't win a bet that you had a free bet, or if you had one of these bets where, hey, you place a $5 bet, this small thing happens and you win $150, we do that constantly. And DraftKings does that constantly because they're great. But if you lose that initial bet, it stings because you could have had money. But it doesn't sting because, you know, you, you still have something to fall back on. That's where Ryan Kessler is in this situation. I swear DraftKings is not paying me nearly enough for stuff like that. But still, not an insignificant thing for Ryan Kessler. There was a little bit of meaning behind it. The league, according to Andy Strickland, who is a beat reporter... For the St. Louis Blues, he's rinkside reporter, I should say, for Bally Sports Midwest. He put out a tweet that said, and I don't know how much truth lies in this, but he is a pretty decent source. Says, in terms of where the fingers should be pointed in the Evgeny Dadanov's case, league sources say the blame rests on the shoulders of the Ottawa Senators. Why not? You know, why not blame it on Eugene Melnick? That just... That's the failsafe for the National Hockey League. They were embarrassed. Their golden franchise in Vegas was the one that embarrassed them. And we'll talk about their pattern of misbehavior. And the league's like, you know what? Let's just blame it on Ottawa. They're the problem child anyway. (laughs) So what I got from this situation, what the league is looking at it and the way I'm looking at it are two entirely different things. The league is looking at it saying... The Ottawa Senators did not notify the Vegas Golden Knights when they traded Evgeny Dadanov a couple seasons back. And by a couple, I believe it was last summer. They did not notify the Vegas Golden Knights of this modified no-trade clause. So the blame rests solely on the shoulders of Ottawa. That's how the league sees it. When I look at this, I see it as Ottawa traded him to you completely legally. And you being the Vegas Golden Knights... That is your problem now. That contract is under your control. He is contracted by you to play hockey. If you are going to trade him, send him away, get him out from under your curview, or purview, then that is on you to know what is in that contract. Because that is now you're accepting responsibilities of paying, of of basically, you're you're. Uh, accepting the responsibilities of that contract, which included the no-trade clause, which Anaheim was on. There was a 10-team list. Anaheim was one of them. So when you traded him on Monday, at the last trade before the deadline, the last trade in the queue at Central Registry, you neglected that contract's language that stated that he did not want to be traded to the Anaheim Ducks and that he would have to waive that right for you to be able to perform that trade, and you didn't do it. I don't understand how, obviously, you know, dealing in good faith, you would think Ottawa would be like, yeah, by the way, you know, deals with this. I don't think that happens all the time. These are lawyers. They don't say, hey, here's the contract. Let me spell out what's in it for you. It's, you traded for this contract. We're trading it to you legally. This is now your issue. The league, for some reason, putting blame on the Senators. And again, I don't know if that's 100% true, but Andy Strickland is usually a pretty reliable source. But still, 
the fact that there's any blame to be placed on the Ottawa Senators is just ridiculous. It's literally just problem child saying, hey, we're just going to toss this on top of you as well because you already have so much shit piled on top of you. This isn't going to hurt too much. Vegas has started to garner a reputation and it continues to build throughout the years. Obviously, with the Golden Misfits in that, in that inaugural season, it seemed like such a fantastic place to play. The Fortress was rocking. It's still rocking. It's still probably a fantastic place to, to be a home hockey player. That's why people keep going there in free agency. That's why they get all these big-name players. Alex Petrangelo, Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, Jack Eichel. These are all imports. These are not all inaugural season guys. They're not misfits. But you look at some of the player treatment on the way out, and that's forced by them bringing people in. So what came first, the chicken or the egg? Did their pattern of behavior of mistreating players on the way out start first? Or did them building such a culture that people want to come in, which forces them to treat these players worse? Is that what started all of this? Either way, you look at their track record, and it's not great with some pretty good players. Like, let's not... Let's not bemoan the fact that Evgeny Dadanov is a really good depth player for any National Hockey League team, and he's been pretty good for the Las Vegas Golden Knights. He's had a down season, especially for the $5 million cap hit that he has, but he's a pretty damn good player. So let's look through their history of treating players very poorly on their way out of Vegas. It all kind of started with Nate Schmidt. You know, trading him in the offseason to the Vancouver Canucks, a team where he did not, it did not go well. Now he's with the Winnipeg Jets, he's in a much better place, but a uber-positive guy was very upset being traded because he had set down roots in Vegas. He was part of that inaugural team, so there was already that connection between he and the Vegas fan base and the Vegas community. He was a huge locker room guy. Everybody loved him. Everything that you've read about Nate Schmidt is that every teammate loves him. Not only that, he was a player association rep. Do you know what that, that that means to be in that position for a team? Not only are you beloved in the locker room, you are entrusted in that locker room. And then they just traded him away. Just washed their hands of it, said, hey, we need salary cap space, Nate, and uh, you're, all, you're, you're voted off the island. That's, that's literally what it was. Nate Schmidt came out publicly, said, yeah, it stings. I, I didn't know I was getting traded. I was unaware of this, but I guess it's a business. And it is a business. Let's not get this wrong. Okay, nothing they're doing is wrong. It's just the way they're handling it, starting to raise some red flags for some players around the league. Marc-Andre Fleury will never go back to the Vegas Golden Knights. He is a Hall of Fame goaltender who, understandably, it is a young history of the Vegas Golden Knights who is the best goaltender in the history of the Golden Knights, as well as probably the Pittsburgh Penguins. So two different franchises. He will not go back to Vegas, a place that he considered his home. He wanted to retire there. It's not like he was going to play that much longer anyway. It seems as if a lot of people think that he might retire after this season. So you had one year left on a contract that you gave him, three years, $7 million, because you got a bright and shiny new toy in Robin Leonard. This guy was a Vezina Trophy winner last year, and you traded him for nothing. You traded him for an AHL piece that is, as far as I know, did not play a National Hockey Game League, a National Hockey League game this season, and probably will not. You traded him for nothing. Why? Because you brought in 
Mark Stone. Because you brought in Alex Petrangelo. Because you were $7 million over the salary cap. So you traded his $7 million contract for a box of scraps. Okay. Now you have the Evgeny Dadanov situation. Without even checking in on his contract to see that he has a modified no-trade clause that includes the team that you tried to send him to. So there's that. And let's not let's not get into Gerard Gallant. The treatment of him going out the door. He is now the head coach of the New York Rangers who are safely in a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference while Pete DeBoer, who just coached his 1,000th game, so I guess I should say congratulations to Pete DeBoer. But you made that decision that was also not a popular one at the time. Obviously, enter the Marc-Andre Fleury saber through the back tweet. So that's their reputation. That's what they have done as of late. But what does Evgeny Dadanov do in this situation? Like he's playing. He did end up playing on Thursday night. And he actually had a pretty good game. And Vegas got a, a very important win over a team they're going to be battling for a playoff spot in the Nashville Predators. They won by a score of 6-1 to one on Thursday, which is big because they had been losing and losing and losing bad. That's where, that's the track they were on. Now, obviously, Dadanov is a professional. He's going to play. But they didn't want you, man. They traded you. They didn't even bother to look in and see, hey, he has a modified no-trade clause. We have to trade him to, I don't know, any of the other 21 teams on this that were not on this list. And they traded you to one of the 10 that were. It's bad. They didn't want you, man. He's a professional. He went out there and he played on Thursday night. And I'm sure the boys are going to welcome back with open arms. The Vegas Golden Knights Twitter account sent out a weird tweet that was very awkward that says, oh, we understand the NHL's decision and we welcome Evgeny back with open arms. Is that not just the, ugh, we have to take this guy back? Okay, sure, come on over here, kid. Like, that is, as far as PR stunts go, that is a very, very poor PR move. But nonetheless, Dadanov is a professional. He goes out there on Thursday night. He scores a goal. Tallies two assists in the 6-1 to one win. So a three-point night in his first night back on uh, for a franchise. They clearly did not want him three days ago. They probably clearly don't want that salary cap. That's the only reason he was traded. Maybe not that they don't want the player anymore. But the guy comes with a $5 million salary cap, not just this year, but next year as well. I'm sure they're going to try to offload that in the offseason, but that does not help them for their current situation. Vegas is screwed right now in the salary cap. They're screwed right now in the standings because they've played more games than anybody else in that wild card race. And they're about three, four points down. They have a lot of road to make up. They got to win. They got to get these four point swings against Nashville. That was a huge win on Thursday night, but they got to keep doing that. And they got to figure out their salary cap. Currently, their cap hit on cap friendly, which is something that Kelly McCrimmon clearly has no idea how to use. If you did, you would see right next to Dadanov that it says M-NTC, which is modified no-trade clause. And if you scroll over it, it says there's a 10-team no-trade list. Maybe he should start checking out Cap Friendly before he makes his moves. But if you look at the Vegas Golden Knights cap hit as of today, $92.5 million. If anybody doesn't know, the NHL salary cap for the 2021-2022 season, which is the one we're currently in, is at 81.5. So they are... $11 million over the cap. One Jack Eichel contract 
and a little bit more over the cap. Well, when you look at their injuries, it kind of makes sense as to why they're allowed to have that. On the IR currently is Max Pacioretty, Robin Leonard, Braden McNabb, and Riley Smith. So, basically, the majority of what would be their top line when it comes to talent and their starting goaltender, which makes sense as to why they are they are where they're at. And then you look at their LTIR. Mark Stone, big contract. Alec Martinez, big contract. Jake Bishop, hey, pennies count too. That's why they're allowed to have all these players, but they got to make it, they got to figure something out or Mark Stone, Alec Martinez are going to have to sit out until the playoffs start, which you might not be in. You might need them to get into the playoffs and you might not be able to have them because of where you're at with the salary cap. So before we finish anything, I mean, obviously we're going to continue to talk about different storylines the rest of this episode, but the fact that this team is out of a playoff spot on March 25th, this would be the most disappointing downfall in a season in recent memory. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I want to say NHL history, but like in 2019, we had the St. Louis Blues who were in what dead last place in the Western Conference on January 1st. They ran the gauntlet to get into the playoffs, and then they went and won, won the Stanley Cup. This would be the opposite. The Vegas Golden Knights, not like it was January 1st, back on Valentine's Day, February 14th. This team was in first place in the Pacific Division. Ahead of the Calgary Flames, who are my front runner right now in the Western Conference. That's a different story for a different day. Ahead of the LA Kings, who are all of a sudden a house of fire. In front of the Edmonton Oilers, who are in the middle of a massive collapse. Like, they've turned it around. They're in third place in the Pacific now. Vegas is not even a playoff spot. That's pathetic. They were in first place. A month and a week ago. Like, come on, Vegas. That's how bad they've been over the past five weeks. Jack Eichel, I I understand they have injuries. Jack Eichel was supposed to come back and lead this team. Now, I understand Max Pacioretty wasn't supposed to go on the shelf again. Mark Stone wasn't supposed to go on the shelf again. Thank God they did because I don't know how they would have legally been able to do it. That was the question all year. When Eichel returns off of LTIR and that salary cap becomes real, who is going to be traded? Well, the answer was nobody. They waited to the last minute and traded a guy illegally, and now they have $92.5 million, and they might miss the playoffs. Eichel hasn't even played 20 games this season. He's played 19. Had a goal and assist last night. Like I said, last night was the exception, not the rule for the Vegas Golden Knights in the last five weeks. But Eichel, since his return, 19 games played, 6 goals, 12 points. Not bad. Not great. And once again, when he's in charge of leading a team, they're falling apart towards the end of the season. Always happened in Buffalo. There were several times where he led Buffalo to a red-hot start. And you cannot blame him. And we'll talk about Buffalo, actually, in the second segment of the show. You cannot blame him entirely for those downfalls, for those teams that never made the playoffs. We've never seen playoff Jack Eichel. We might not see him this season. Think about that. Think about the fact that the Dallas Stars, who for majority of this season were thought to be sellers at the trade deadline, could make the playoffs over the Vegas Golden Knights. Let me tell you, Jack Eichel has certainly not put up a Hall of Fame resume, and this kind of goes in the opposite direction whenever you get in in charge of a team that has made the playoffs in every single year of their history. The burden gets placed on your shoulders, and they fall apart. 
they break down poorly. So we will continue to watch this. Like I said, this is a great time for hockey fans because the, the rosters are set. You just sit back and you watch these last five weeks of the season and watch as the push for the playoffs. Almost as exciting as the Stanley Cup playoffs. Not quite, but damn, it is sure close. I'm going to take a quick break. When I return, let's give some props to the Buffalo Sabres, shall we? The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team to get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customer a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed. This is going to be the new show structure, since this is the return of the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, lest lest I forget, lest me forget, uh, DraftKings as well. Use promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and opportunities. My mind is a little fried. It is Friday morning at 7 in the morning when I'm recording this, but I like the the structure of recording in the morning, getting the post out by 9 o'clock, and enjoying my nights being able to watch the games, get the full results in. That's why I do that. This is going to be the new show structure, by the way. For the most part, it's going to be two segments. Randomly about any team in the National Hockey League and their storyline. If there's biggest storylines, you know I'm going to cover all the big ones. And then there's these little ones. You know, the Buffalo Sabres, for the majority of my lifetime, have really been a joke. I mean, there's a little while where they were a playoff team. There's a little while where, you know, Danny Briere was great. Obviously, early in my lifetime, before I can even remember, they had Dominic Hasek. Those were the glory days of the Buffalo Sabres. But as of right now, there's there's no glory in Buffalo. Not even close. And it's been a rough go of things. Of course, drafting Jack Eichel was supposed to, to change the face of the franchise. It didn't. And then everything that was happening with the Jack Eichel situation, not letting him get the surgery that he wants, doing it simply because you were afraid that it would ruin the player, that it's an investment. Understandably, they looked very bad in that situation, especially since Eichel has gone to Vegas, had the surgery, and is now playing hockey once again. Like I said in the first segment, not to the level that he was before, but he's still ramping up. But since that trade... 
it seems like a weight has been lifted up in northern New York. Doesn't it? I mean, you look at the Buffalo Sabres. They moved on from that. They've stayed out of the headlines in the negative light. And they've just kind of went to work. Now, I'm not saying that Kevin Adams is a genius. But he's starting to build a really good culture in Buffalo. Which is something that hasn't been there in probably over a decade. And I gotta give him props because that is something I did not expect to see this season. If there was going to be a culture build there, obviously it's a slow build. You see what Billy Guerin did in Minnesota. You see, trying to think of another instance, basically what Andre Kopitar did in LA back in the late 2000s and early 2010s. It takes time, but you're already kind of starting to see the hints that it's happening in Buffalo. They're getting players to go there that want to be there. Not a lot of players want to play for the Buffalo Sabres, but they're starting to build that chemistry. They're starting to build that culture, which is going to help them mightily this offseason, I think. I think they're going to get a couple more free agents than you would have expected or than that would have happened if they didn't show what they're showing right now. That's fight. That's determination. That's a group of guys that care about each other, or at least they that show it more than they did before. And the results are coming in as well. It's not like they're getting killed, but hey, they're having a fun time doing it. The Buffalo Sabres, in the month of March so far, they're 7-3. and And you might say, oh, you know, that's a pretty good record. Listen, this is the Buffalo Sabres we're talking about. They don't have records like this very often. And when you look at who they beat, it's even more impressive. Starting the month off on the road... They absolutely blew the doors off the the Toronto Maple Leafs, a team that currently sits in second place in a very tough Atlantic division that the Buffalo Sabres reside in. They beat them 5-1 up at Scotiabank Arena. Impressive way to start the month. And you say, okay, well, that's a good win. Can they build off of it? They sure could. Two days later, back on home ice, they beat the Minnesota Wild 5-4. Okay, that's an impressive win. They lose two in a row there. They lose three to nothing to the LA Kings on home ice. They lose six to one to the Florida Panthers, a bad loss. Both of those teams in the top two in their respective divisions. So, okay, not awful losses. We talked about Vegas. Buffalo beat them three to one this month. Then on the Heritage Classic on a national stage, they beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, embarrass their goaltenders, five to two. That's a huge win for the Sabres. That's the win that got my notice. That's the win that caught my eye. And then since then, they went after an outdoor game, which is historically hard to do. And they got crushed by the Edmonton Oilers because they played in the Heritage Classic. Then they went out west for the Western Canada road trip. That is a tough draw for the Buffalo Sabres. And they got killed in that first game to the Edmonton Oilers. Okay, could be circumstantial there because they turned around and now they've won three straight. A one to nothing win against the Calgary Flames. Very impressive win on the road. A 3-2 overtime win against the Vancouver Canucks, who have been a lot better in the second half. That's a really good win. And then they come back home, and they beat a red-hot Pittsburgh Penguins team 4-3 in a shootout. Not just did they beat the Penguins 4-3 in a shootout, they dominated the Pittsburgh Penguins at 5-on-5. If it wasn't for special teams, which bad teams tend to not have great special teams units, so you can't really fault them too much there. But if it wasn't for special teams, the Buffalo Sabres would have blown the doors off the Pittsburgh Penguins in that game. 
They outskated them. They outplayed them the entire time. It's been an impressive stretch for Buffalo. And the culture shift is already starting to be evident. A lot faster and a lot quicker than any of us could have imagined. I mentioned players that want to be there. The players they acquired in the Jack Eichel trade have been huge for them. Peyton Krebs has come in, and he's shown why he was such a highly touted prospect in Vegas. Vegas was underutilizing him. Again, maybe another player that left on bad terms. But this isn't about Vegas. They also got Alex Tuck, who's the most, obviously, ready to play. He was great in Vegas. That's where his career took off. He looks very happy to be in Buffalo. Like, he is leading this culture shift. And he is also producing. He's such a good player. He's better than we expected him to be. He can lead a team. He can be a leader in the locker room. And that is why I just have to give Kevin Adams some real big props bringing that guy in, making sure he was in the return because he wants to be in Buffalo. And that's very rare. I hate dumping on Buffalo that much. It is a cold and miserable city at points. You see what the Bills have done? It's extraordinary. Everybody wants to go play for the Buffalo Bills. But the Bills also play one game a week. You can go into your million-dollar mansions. You get paid more in most instances to play for the Buffalo Bills than you do for the Buffalo Sabres. And at least, they're a winning team. The Sabres are not a winning team and haven't been for a long time. So getting guys like Alex Tuck, that's huge. You look at what he did at the deadline. He retained a good player. Tage Thompson would have fetched a fortune, but at some point you have to put your foot down and say, hey, these young players that are very talented, instead of trading them away for more young players and kicking the can down the road, let's build off them right now. Trust me, as a fan of the Pittsburgh Pirates, that means something. That'll mean something to the Buffalo Sabres fans who are some of the best fans in the National Hockey League. Tage Thompson is an exciting player. He is a behemoth. He is a tall, lanky, basically... He's a better version of what Jordan Stahl was in the early 2010s. 27 goals this year. Clearly a career high. 48 points in 60 games. This is going to be a 50-point player this season. Did anybody have that on their bingo card? If you did, you're lying or you're just a huge Buffalo Sabres fan. Their young players are starting to mature as well. Dylan Cousins has came onto the scene this year. He's been pretty impressive. That hit he laid on Austin Matthews that ended up eventually leading to the Austin Matthews suspension... Because he hit Rasmus Dahlin, cross-checked him in the face. But that hit was a big boy hit. And Dylan Cousins, I love the way he plays. Right now, he is their third-line center. The guy is only 21 years old. He's impressive. 12 goals, 31 points, 61 games played. It's basically what we saw from Andrei Svechnikov in his rookie season. I love Dylan Cousins. It's so much fun to watch him play. They got a real good player in him. Rasmus Dahlin. Former number one overall pick. Yeah, a lot of people said, yeah, he's been kind of a bust, but he's a defenseman. They came into the league at a very young age. He is maturing the way defensemen do, and they get to be at their best. They get to be NHL ready around 24 or 25. He's starting to come into his own a little bit under that age. He has nine goals, which ties his career high, so he's going to have his career high in goals. He has 39 points on the season this year. His career high was 44, and the only full 82 game season that he's played that was his rookie year back in 2018-19 so he's five points off he's gonna get a career high in points he is building and that's very good because you also 
when you can see the maturity of Darlene, you know that he's going to be a number one overall or a number one defenseman for you. As soon as next season, he will be a top defenseman in this league. I wouldn't say top 10, but he'll be in the top 15, top 20. And then you add Owen Power, who you picked consensus number one overall in the last draft. Right now he's playing at Michigan. He's playing in a winning culture. You don't think that's going to translate? Yeah, it's not simple. But this guy wants to win, and he's now coming into a culture that's not as toxic as it was back when Jack Eichel first came into the league. Jack Eichel was a winner at BU. But that environment in Buffalo was nowhere near what it is right now. I might be reading into it a little too much. I mean, you still look at some of the factors. Their arena is is kind of trash. I mean, I've never been in it, but from the outside, it looks like an abandoned shopping mall from the 80s. Like, come on. It looks like it's straight out of Stranger Things. And somehow, it has worse lighting than 30 NHL arenas other than maybe SAP Center in San Jose. Like, I don't want to continue to bash on them, but like that, I saw a picture of the outside of it when I was watching their game against the Penguins the other day. And it really does just look like it, it's the mall from Stranger Things. It looks like the abandoned mall that is a mile down the road from me here in Alexandria, Virginia. Like, eventually, they're going to need a new one. Now, I might be biased because growing up Western Pennsylvania, I went to games first in the Igloo, which was, you know, towards its end. It had the history there, but it was kind of a, it, it was time to go. But since 2010, I've been walking into either Console Energy Center, PPG Paints Arena. That's where I went to watch games. So I'm a little biased. I'm a little spoiled when it comes to that aspect. But man, that just does not look like a professional hockey league team's arena from the outside. And I understand that doesn't matter in the the grand scheme of things. But either way, it bothered me. I figured I needed to say it. But nonetheless... I got to give props to the Buffalo Sabres. I got to finish this on a high note. I can't give them props for 15 minutes and then dump on them the last the last five. But 7-3-0 in March. They play the Washington Capitals tonight. So if they can continue this against playoff teams, it just is going to add. And if they can finish the season off, if they can have just as good of an April, that is going to go a long way in getting really good players, really good free agents to head that way once free agency hits this summer. Shout out to them. It's been great. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Hockey Hoppin'. I hope you enjoy this new format. Two segments instead of three. Get a little bit more in-depth on each segment. I think it's a little bit I think it's a little bit better. Let me know what you think in the comments section. I don't know. Can you leave comments on, on, on Apple Podcasts? Either way, just leave a five-star review and leave your comment. Leave your opinion there. That would be perfect. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Hockey Hotbed. Enjoy your weekend, folks, because we're going to have great hockey from now up until May 5th. And then it really starts. May 5th, Stanley Cup playoffs. The road to the Stanley Cup playoffs has started. Follow along with it here at the Hockey Hotbed. Have a good weekend, hockey fans.